This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Now back to 95.7 The Game. Yeah, a lot to like about the 49ers preseason opener. Yeah, it's just a preseason opener, but still, 28-21. It's Whitey Gleason, John Dickinson with you. 49ers over the Packers last night, 28-21. Trey Lance, 4-5 for through a touchdown pass. Trey to Gray, I think we're going to see that a lot more. J.D., the backup quarterbacks played well on the text line here. Comcast Business text line, 888-957-9570. Nate Sudfeld looks like Jimmy G for just two mil. Good deal for the 49ers. (laughs) Yeah, the rookies uh, played well. And how about that offensive line? I think that had to be one of the things that was a huge relief to Kyle Shanahan. So far, so good with this, um, well, I don't want to say patchwork offensive line, J.D., but there are just a lot of question marks uh, other than uh, Trent Williams right now. Yeah, there are, and question marks in particular on, on the interior as far as who's going to be the starting center, and it, it looks like Aaron Banks and, and Spencer Burford are going to be the, the starting guards, but that's going to be something to continue to monitor because I think it is the biggest area of weakness on this 49ers team. I think the biggest question mark is how good can Trey Lance be, but I do think the biggest area of weakness is what do they have at left guard, center, and right guard going into week one. Here's Kyle Shanahan postgame on what he saw from Burford and Banks last night. I mean, I saw, I know when he makes a mistake, that's usually the case on the O-line. You only notice when someone messes up. If not, you're looking downfield. So uh, I know he had a couple mistakes today, like they all did, but it was good to have him out there, get that playing time for three quarters. And you can't do that enough with rookies, especially rookie O-linemen. And you know, I think Banks got to play the whole first half too, which was good for him. And I'm excited to see the film on both of them. Yeah, so a huge relief. And to your point, J.D., Trey Lance are question marks about how consistent he can be. And then you have an offensive line about whom you just don't really know. Uh, Burford has been taking all the starting reps at right guard, so it looks like, wow, they may have found a guy there. As we know, it's kind of football cliche, J.D., but it's a cliche because there's a lot of truth to it. You want an offensive line that has some cohesion. It's very beneficial for a group of offensive linemen to know each other and understand how they're going to protect. So the 49ers have to develop that. And given that you those two things can exacerbate each other, as I said, a quarterback who's inexperienced can make things tougher on an offensive line and an inexperienced offensive line in turn can make things tougher on the quarterback. 
I agree with you. I think that's the biggest question mark for the 49ers going forward. So far, so good on both fronts. Who knows? It's a whole different animal when the regular season starts. But I think the 49ers have to be somewhat relieved as far as the, the way the offensive line played last night. And there have been, I think, too many plays, even at training camp, from being out there where somebody comes free hmm. right in the middle and that's just harder for Trey Lance to be able to escape when it's coming right right at you right yeah. up the middle i think if it's if it's coming from the edge you can see it and get away from it a, a little bit easier but when the 49ers haven't looked as good it's been oh play gets blown up up the gut and then what do you do and it's and it's those are the ones that I think eventually lead to, to sacks and just and just game wrecking plays. I do think it's gotten better as as camp has gone on, which is a good sign. And in the limited plays last night, I mean, there were a couple. Uh, there were a couple. I think of the eleven, one or two, where it, it, it looked like okay, this is this is trouble. I think the the Trey scramble where he ended up picking up seven and slid was one. But that's that. that I, I think that's still his ability to to escape and and get. The kind of yards that he was able to is a, a positive sign from Trey on what was maybe a questionable sign for the for the interior offensive line on one of those plays. I'll tell you the one position in particular that worries me more than any other with the 49ers this year. But first, 888-957-9570. Let's go to George calling from the jungle on 95.7 The Game. George, what's up? Yeah, gentlemen, I hate to go back, but I'm thinking about this Zach Wilson uh, injury with meniscus. That's a good question, George. I brought that up earlier. The thing with a meniscus, as you well may well know, meniscus is, you know, the cushioning on the kneecap. And JD could have a torn meniscus, and I could as well, but that doesn't mean we have the same injury. And I don't know exactly what uh, Wiseman's was, but my point is, if you have a minor tear, it doesn't take as long uh, as opposed to a bigger tear. And we don't have, we're not privy to that. But just each torn meniscus is not like the other, JD. That's all I'm saying. Right. Right, and also the choices to repair it are different. You can do a shave, which allows for a player to come back sooner, or you can do a full-blown repair, and and, and that takes in the the six to nine to maybe a year range to Mm -hmm. get fully recovered. The, The longer repair is supposed to uh, over time give that athlete a better chance at at not having problems the shorter repair there's maybe more risk of developing different issues over time so the warriors and wiseman went with the longer repair because he's you know in his 20s you know he's basically 20 at the time and you want to do they didn't really need him and so it's just you you do everything you can to do right by him in the long term. You don't want him nickel and diamond to come back in four weeks and then having a bunch of problems throughout the course of his career. The comp uh, it, for Wiseman is Jaron Jackson Jr. of the Grizzlies. Jaron Jackson Jr. had the shorter term repair, and now he's having more problems yeah. with that knee in terms of swelling and, and injury to where he's going to be out at the beginning of this season. So I, I think. 
my take would be good on the Warriors for slow playing and doing the, the more sturdy repair is probably the best way to, even though that takes a, a lengthier recovery time. The Jets are doing the shorty repair, it sounds like, on, on Wilson, which is going to allow him to be back in a month or in a month to, to six weeks. Yeah. Thanks, George. I think it's a good question and you can't help but wonder. It does draw into focus the fact that medical. Um, estimates of when a guy will be back. We just we just never know. But there's so many variables here with the, as JD cool. said, which repair you have and the degree of the tear. We just don't know. But it's something to keep in mind. We also have this on the text line, JD from the 415. Wilson had a PCL on the same knee already. Maybe an issue. Yeah, the posterior cruciate ligament. So he has had some issues there. So we'll see. And, and it also becomes an, an issue of well, let's say he is out two months. Well, at that point, it's four games for the Jets. Like, let's say it's eight weeks. Well, eight weeks is, and I don't know when the Jets' buy is, but it's it's three or if they have an early buy, maybe it's only three games. Uh, but let's just say it's four without me going down the rabbit hole of looking up the mm-hmm. Jets' schedule. Are you going to go trade for Jimmy Garoppolo because Wilson on the on the worst end is going to miss four games when you don't necessarily expect to be good anyway? Like that one doesn't totally add up. I know it was it was getting a lot of run, I think, because of the Sala connection to the 49ers. And it, it looked, at least for a moment, like maybe this was a, a significant ACL kind of an injury where he would definitely be out for the year. That's not the case. I think only the Jets, though, would, would know whether they think their team would be good enough with Jimmy Garoppolo to even make it worth going and getting Jimmy Garoppolo. It's just a very different situation than, say, a team like Cleveland with this Deshaun Watson suspension where... You're plugging in a quarterback, presumably, to a team that's already really good. Exactly, and yeah. I think that's where, you know, if, if something happened with Matt Stafford and the Rams and Jimmy Garoppolo was a street-free agent because it, it happened after the 49ers eventually have to cut him, I think the Rams would be interested in in Stafford, or I'm sorry, in Garoppolo Jimmy, at that sure. point to fill in for, for Stafford. Seattle, I think, is more in the Jets category. Seattle is, yeah, they might take a flyer on him, but, but they're not going to give up anything because they maybe don't project themselves to be that good. Speaking of Jimmy, I know we were just saying a few moments ago that Jimmy was really uh, excellent at shaking off a bad play. Uh, and then someone's coming down our road, J.D. It's just like old times doing Warriors this week. Someone's coming after us from the 5-1-0. That's the goofiest thing ever said. The good quarterbacks don't make those bad plays to begin with. You don't get bonus, bonus points for that. Well, I don't know of any quarterback who hasn't made a bad play ever. And it is. This is Kurt Warner talking. Uh, Kurt Warner, Hall of Famer, says it's really uh, an important skill for a quarterback to be able to shake off the bad plays. Maybe Jimmy did make more of them than you'd like, but still, uh, not everybody can make a bad play and then go, all right, here we go. Jimmy was able to do that, and it's definitely a strong suit. Right, J.D.? You want any part of that? Don't come down my road on that one, because that's Don't Kurt come Warner. Down. Talk. Yeah. No, it, it looked that that was in some ways his in some ways that was Jimmy's best skill was that was the ability to be, yeah. like that is a trait that we don't know if Trey Lance possesses like yes. you just don't know if he has that right. he may turtle up and i think at at times Jimmy's ability to bounce back whitey i think it helped Kyle Shanahan continue to have confidence in him in some games where that was the only way the 49ers were going to win. Now, yes, there were games where he clearly did not have confidence in Jimmy Garoppolo and went into some short passing, like right. 
I mean, like flip plays, shovel passes, <laughs> and and those were you know ways to maybe get the ball to Debo Samuel. But I I think there were times where Garoppolo's confidence and, and ability to bounce back helped Kyle Shanahan keep throwing the ball in situations where maybe he wanted to turtle up a little bit himself and go conservative. See, I think there's potential for as talented as Trey Lance is to where if he misses some throws that that should be there in Kyle Shanahan's mind, that should be easy completions to move the chains. I do think Kyle Shanahan, with the 49ers having so much on the line this year in terms of expectations. It'll be interesting, I, yeah. I do think he could get a little conservative with Lance from time to time. Yeah, if that happens, if Trey gets shanitized in that fashion, we'll see how he responds. So, yeah, we don't know, but there are a lot of things that we don't know, which is the point with Trey Lance. And also... Uh, brings me back to the one position on this team that concerns me more than any other. Obviously, there's some concern over the quarterback position. It's the most important position. We know that. Um, and I think I think I, I think Trey Lance is going to be an excellent quarterback. But the center position, JD, talked about the interior of the offensive line, such an important position. And you you lose uh, a great veteran, very knowledgeable, who could hold the offensive line together. And Alex Mack saying, hey, "That's it, hasta la vista, I'm done." And now, who's the center? Is it Brunson? Skill? Is it Jake Brendel or Brendel? We don't even know. And I know the 49ers have decent level of confidence in both guys, but for a team that has Super Bowl aspirations to have that much uncertainty at the center position right now, that makes me more nervous than any other single position on the roster. Without a doubt, and it's tied to the quarterback directly. Yes. I mean, it, it's it's directly tied to Trey Lance's ability to to succeed and and so it it's something to monitor i think you know this is one of those areas where the 49ers waited around for alex mack to make a decision and i think didn't really go out and and prepare for the possibility that that alex mack would decide to retire i think it was june 3rd when he ultimately officially decided to retire at that point Nobody really worth going and getting in Kyle Shanahan's mind, but that that is a that is one of those subtle choices where it's okay, Kyle. Like you're the you know you're the offensive genius. You think you can get through this with what you've got? Well, if you can't, then that comes back on you as somebody that is the number one in this franchise in terms of the player personnel and and, and the decision making, uh, even ahead of John Lynch. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we know a lot of question marks. Kyle Shanahan knows that better than anyone. I do think the the biggest takeaway for me last night from a positive fan standpoint would just be the possibilities. We know what the possibilities are, and then to see glimpses of them. And we even saw that last year in the preseason from Trey Lance, but last night to see the 76-yarder to Danny Gray. Danny Gray is going to be a really good player, and as you said, he might be the, what, their fourth receiver Okay, but he's going to be a really good player. And we've been waiting and waiting and waiting to see a 49er offense that is able to run the ball, run the ball, and then set up the shot, the deep shot downfield, and is able to take advantage of that. This team right now, it appears, with Trey Lance at quarterback and Danny Gray, among others, but especially Danny Gray is so fast, they appear better equipped to take advantage of those opportunities than any team we've seen from Kyle Shanahan. And that's just fun to watch. And it looks like we could have a lot of fun with uh, uh, with Trey to Gray this year and future years. Well, and I think you know, Danny Gray's been up and down at camp, and he's caught a few deep balls from, from Sudfeld, and, and he hasn't always been out there with 
the main unit. And I think that's one of the areas where last night you look at Ayuk not playing and Debo not playing, and, and rightfully so. I, I kind of wondered if, if Ayuk would play, but I, I don't think we're seeing Debo at all. Uh, Kittle not playing. So it, it gives Trey an opportunity to develop some chemistry with, with not only Danny Gray, but but even uh, Ray Ray McLeod. And I know yeah. McLeod caught the, yeah. the big ball from, from Sudfeld. But I think the fact that like Danny Gray isn't going to be out there every play, but the fact that Danny Gray, like he has such a unique skill set and a different dimension to what the 49ers have in the wide receiving core, just in terms of the, the sheer speed compared to Ayuk and, and compared to Debo in particular, he doesn't have to be out there all the time to make an impact. He can be out there some of the time and you can still hit him for a big ball that winds up going for it for a touchdown so i've been less concerned with the fact that you now wide receivers can get in in kyle's doghouse and and he hasn't always had a lot of reps with the ones in practice like no 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 like danny danny gray doesn't necessarily need a lot of that sure he he wants to be held to a higher standard i really liked his answer last night when when he was asked about kyle shanahan getting getting on him and and you know he said yeah he gets on me and rightfully so and so like i i I really liked that attitude he's got a little bit of the swag you want to see from a receiver but he's not somebody that has to be out there all the time to make a tremendous impact because of that that deep that deep ball and that skill set J.D., speaking of Kyle Shanahan's doghouse, last year I know we talked a lot about how Ayuk started the year, and I think it was Ayuk and Trey Sermon were in the proverbial doghouse, um, and we didn't see a lot from Ayuk. And then this year, from the get-go, from the start of camp, he was a leader, uh, he was working with younger players, and whatever happened appears to be water under the old Bay Bridge. So to me, that's an indication that Kyle handled that situation well. I know that some people, going back to when it happened, some people didn't think he handled it well. Uh, and some people think, you know, you got to give Ayuk all the credit for that. From where you sit as a guy who's been in the locker room, would you say right now that Kyle Shanahan handled that situation, whatever it was exactly last year? Did he handle that well? And is that one of the reasons why we're where we are with Brandon Ayuk? I, I think you can look at it now and say, yeah, he handled it well because Ayuk carries himself in a completely different way mm-hmm. than, than he did before. And so I, I think that's the biggest thing for me. I do think it was fair, though, a year ago to wonder what was going on and, and why is it this way and, and is something weird and, and this has the potential to go awry because I did think at the time, Whitey, that Brandon Ayuk was too talented to be not on the field with, with everything that the 49ers had on the line. And and I think he was primed to, to maybe have a breakout type of a year last year. And look, he's got to be paying attention in meetings and, and bringing all the details to the table that, that Kyle Shanahan wants. And I don't know what exactly was going on behind the scenes there, which drew the ire of Shanahan. It could be just as simple as wanting to push him to, to an elite level. But what I'm getting at is... I think it's easy to go back now and, and to revisionist history and to say, hey, it worked out because I think both the coach and the player are are, are carrying themselves in a manner which would, which would lead you to that path. I, I also think, though, it was fair, and I questioned at the time, to look around and go, what is going on here? Mm-hmm. 
I give the coach the benefit of the doubt on that, and maybe I shouldn't, but I did because, again, I'm assuming there are things going on there, whatever they are, um, that are in-house. And it's, some of it isn't necessarily our business. And given that we're in a better place now, I give the coach credit. I give Brandon Ayuk most of the credit because he's the one that whatever had to be done, he had to decide whether he wanted to do it or not. And he apparently is conducting himself in a more professional manner. I don't know. So to me, that's why, I, you know, for a coach uh, going back last year, like Kyle Shanahan, to keep things in-house, I mean, that's commendable. And sure, there are questions, and it looks like it makes you wonder. But given that we're in a better place, I, you know, tip of the helmet to all of them, tip of the cap, onward and upward. But I think Ayuk deserves most of the credit for that. I think he definitely deserves a lot of the credit. And he looks like a different guy. I mean, him, he looks like a leader. And, and yeah. maybe... Maybe there was even a little bit of a leadership shift in the wide receiver room because Debo wasn't around dealing with the contract issue, and, and Ayuk stepped up as a leader to where he's the guy going at Fred Warner when Fred Warner's laying a hit on uh, you know, a, an undrafted guy that's trying to make the team and putting him into the concussion protocol, right? Like that's like I, I, I know there's been a lot made over the what a couple of weeks ago with the 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 fights and those two going at it and the like. But I, I think you, know, you don't want somebody throwing haymakers to where you're breaking hands and, 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 and being out. But I, I do think it was good for a guy like Ayuk to, to show leadership in going toe-to-toe. And then you know, the two can say, hey, we love each other after the fact and we're, we're all in the, in the same boat and on the same team. But, but I like the fact like, – like Brandon Ayuk wouldn't have been doing that a year ago. And, and so I think there is a, a growth that he's gone through to get himself to this point where he's, he's raising his stock in that 49er locker room. There have been questions about Kyle Shanahan, and obviously they got things on track last year, so those questions, you, you didn't hear him after a while. But there were questions about his effectiveness. To me, the thing about Kyle Shanahan that's always convinced me that he's doing something right is the fact that the 49ers play so hard. And teams um, in just about any sport, when you have a coach or manager and you're just not, you don't agree with the way he's doing it, teams don't play as hard. They're professional and guys try to play hard. But as a team, the way the 49ers play, as hard as they play and the way they rallied around Jimmy uh, and the way they're rallying now around Trey Lance, despite the fact that to a lot of us it looked like, what's going on here? Well, they knew, so he handled it well in-house. And I think, bottom line, that's, that's that says to me he's done a really good job. Just looking at the way players respond to his leadership no i think that's i think that's right on i think that's why they've been able to get through a lot of difficult circumstances yeah, yeah. And, and you know the year where they're they're one you know, oh and nine and they're one and ten and it was the most feel-good oh and nine and one and ten that i mean i it was it was almost <laughs> yeah it was all i mean it was almost a fairy tale how the energy was there and and then the, the couple of years where they've been good to be able to bounce back last year uh I, I there is something there is something to what you're talking about and how and how players respond in a, in a manner that that has really helped uh i think that this 49ers franchise reach the heights that they want to reach and and hopefully eventually reach the height of of getting them over the hump to win a Super Bowl. Very watchable win last night for the 49ers, 28-21 over the Packers, especially considering that it was a preseason game. Did see something last night, J.D., that I don't know if I've ever seen this before, preseason or regular season, Amari Rodgers, after a huge kickoff return, and he's 
uh, dancing on the sidelines and celebrating. And I'm not sure who, apparently it was a coach, a Green Bay Packer coach came over and knocked him on his tabuzi. Did you see that? There was a, and Amari was dancing and celebrating and he was kind of bumping his teammates. And a coach came over and just knocked him on his ass. Didn't mean to, but I'd never seen that before. No, I, I'd never seen that. Although, did you see? I, I did see last night. It, it immediately makes me think of the 49ers side of things. The uh, you, you got Brock Purdy throwing the, uh-huh. the the touchdown pass, and then and then Brian Greasy going over as Purdy's about to take a, a sip out of the water bottle, and he didn't knock him on his ass, but he knocked the water bottle I think <laughs> clean out of his hand right as he was about to take a drink of it because he was so fired up about about the touchdown essentially. Uh, you're not going to get that water because I'm going to come over and, and celebrate with you. Yeah. Brian Greasy, what what kind of impact has he had in camp so far based on what you've been able to observe and hear? Yeah, I, I haven't really noticed him much, to mm-hmm. be perfectly honest, but I, I do think he is somebody that is trusted by Kyle Shanahan that, that, that's been through a lot. Uh, and, and I think... You're going to need, with a young quarterback, to have as many different whisperers as you possibly can to, to guide to guide you through the, the growth and development that's going to be necessary. 888-957-9570. 49ers win last night. What'd you make of it? Anything? Excited about Trey Lance? Relieved that Trey Lance was as accurate as he was? Uh, let us know here. It's Whitey Gleason and John Dickinson. Coming up, do the 49ers right now have the, dare I say it, the best quarterback situation in the NFC West? That's next. Whitey and JD, 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Here's the snap to Lance. Lance looking. Rainbow's left side. Got a man out there. Over the shoulder. Catch down the left sideline to the end zone for the touchdown. And it is the rookie draft choice, Danny Gray. Got behind Dallin Levitt. Now back to 95-7, the game. Yeah, Trey to Gray. Going to be hearing that a few times this year and hopefully beyond. Thanks for being with us today. It's Whitey Gleason, John Dickinson on 95-7, the game. 
Uh, just going over last night's preseason opener for the 49ers. A lot of really positive signs. Always great to be with J.D. And J.D., I don't think you and I have been together uh, for this time slot since uh, Warriors this week after the Warriors had won their, their NBA title. And interestingly, you have, before we get back to football and Trey Lance and the 49ers, we have a Warriors NBA note right now, huh? We have breaking news? Yeah, we do. Yeah. Shams with the breaking news, I suppose. Uh, we, know the 49, <laughs> or we, know, we know the Warriors uh, opening night opponent, and of course the Warriors as the defending champions will be playing at, at Chase Center on opening night, which is Tuesday, October the 18th. Tuesday, October 18th at Chase Center, and the Warriors are going to play. You want to take a guess? Hmm. Uh, The Boston Celtics. No, Hmm. no, no. The Warriors playing the Los Angeles Lakers, a Ah. non-playoff team from 2022. Boy, the NBA, they're not going to give up trying to make that a rivalry, are they? (laughs) <laughs> per usual faux hype and drama over substance i mean it's just the most on-brand component of, of the nba i'll admit i actually eye rolled uh, there was a real eye roll when i saw the tweet pop up that it's the lakers because i i had thought oh is it going to be memphis that uh-huh. would be kind of cool maybe denver comes yeah. in you could put phoenix in there dallas who i think is i think going to play the lakers on christmas uh, so you can rule rule the Lakers out on Christmas. I think I think the Celtics are going to come in on Christmas for gotcha. and play the sure. play the Warriors then. Uh, but yeah, there was a there was an eye roll. Not to get too too far down the the rabbit hole on it, but yeah, they. I think you said it even even better than I did. The league is hell bent <laughs> on on just demanding it be a rivalry, even though there hasn't been a year where where both teams have have been good in a long, long time. Yeah, well, I know that play-in game a couple years ago when it was the Warriors-Lakers. Huge numbers on the text line here, J.D., from the 650. Dre's happy as hell <laughs> to be playing LeBron. So, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe it'll be Kyrie in a Laker uniform. I don't think so. Will Dre be in a Warrior uniform at that point, J.D.? He will be. And, and look, I do think the other part of it is getting in, inside the psyche of a, of a Warrior fan would be, hey, this is awesome. LeBron has to come to Chase Center and watch Steph get ring number yes. four, which, yes. which equals LeBron's four, and just make the Lakers just rub their nose in the fact that the Warriors have won yet another championship. So I, I, there is some appeal to the Warrior fan in this, but yeah, that's, uh, I don't know. It just it feels like a lot of, lot of hype. Without a lot of substance, uh, I hope the Lakers are good enough to actually make that a compelling game and, and a compelling set of games when those two teams go at each other this you're, year. You're exactly right. From the six five zero, I'm good with raising a banner in front of LeBron. So yeah, well that you know it's opening night that gives a uh, uh, you know the season's so long. Hey, opening night against the Lakers that'll that'll be fun. Looking forward to that. So yeah, Tuesday, October the eighteenth. Warriors will open defense of their most recent NBA title against the Los Angeles Lakers, who will have, well, we'll just have to wait and see. By the way, any idea where KD will be on opening night? What's your best guess? I think the way things are going, I think he's very likely to end up still with the Nets. I feel like it's lean in Boston now. I thought Phoenix for a while. I think Miami's not going to be out of the mix, but I I almost feel like Boston's going to do it with, with Jalen Brown and... Boy, I'd be reluctant to give up 
Marcus Smart in, in that kind of a deal as well, although it sounds like maybe they'd have to. Yeah. But I, I feel like the Celtics... I feel like the Celtics, I don't want to call them desperate, but I do think that they look at their series against the Warriors and feel like they need yeah. just a little bit more efficiency offensively if they're going to have a shot to beat them. But would you be giving up too much of your defense in an attempt to add the offense, and now you're getting an aging Durant, and maybe you aren't quite good enough the other way? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what to make of it. we got a long long way to go, but I, I feel like if I was setting odds right now, Boston would be at the top of the list. Yeah. The the irony here, and we'll get back to the 49ers in just a moment, the irony to me is that you have Kevin Durant saying, I want to trade, and then he doubles down on it. Well, uh, you got to get rid of the coach and the GM or, 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 or me. And I don't even think he believes that. He's just so desperately trying to force a trade. But the more he tries to force a trade, the less attractive he is as a trade piece. Because for some of these teams, and maybe Boston is, is you know, they're the elite, so maybe they're not one of them. But for some teams, you'd be thinking, well, what if I get him and he does the same thing here? I don't, I don't want him. So the more he complains about wanting to be traded, in some ways, the less tradable he is, J.D. It's the definition of irony. And I think there is, I think there's a hint of wanting Brooklyn to maybe not get as much back, also, and 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 so there's a fine line of sure. of, I think there's a fine like he wants to go somewhere, but almost force the team that's that's getting them to to not have to maybe give up as much because that would enhance the team that he's going to. Right. And who cares about Brooklyn? Because I'm out on there. So I, I think he's playing that card. A little bit as well. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Warriors-Lakers opening night at Chase, Tuesday, October the 18th. I think the the full schedule is going to be out here in the next couple of days. Nice. From the 6-5-0, how important is the NBA preseason? Last year, the Warriors were undefeated while the Lakers went winless. Okay. How important is the NFL preseason? I don't know, but last night... If you're a 49er fan, you had to feel pretty good about things, and you had to feel at least a little bit of relief, at least a little bit of relief over the fact that Trey Lance played well and the offensive line wasn't a total disaster, J.D. So far, so good. So far, so good. And I I thought as far as Trey Lance goes... He he! I wanted. I was yearning for him to show me something. I was yearning for him. Did to he deliver? Have did he deliver? To, to for have, him? Yeah, he did. He he did deliver. I think he he nailed it. And and I wanted to see him play even more than he did. I understand why why Kyle Shanahan pulled him after eleven plays. He hits the big ball on third down to to Danny Gray. But I I wanted to see a more efficient performance. And the four of five indicated. The, the, the more efficient performance, he hit a deep ball that, that maybe he was missing at, at times in, in practice. He showed that he could slide. I think that's a real positive extension of, of the training camp that he's had to this point, which has been, I think, politely put up and down. There have been some some wow plays, but I do think there's been a little bit more of the basic plays that need to be made that that aren't getting made at a higher level than I would have anticipated. Now, a lot of factors involved in that, but I did feel going into last night, there was something that, that I wanted to see Trey Lance show me. I think it don't want to get too, too carried away the other way, but I do think he showed me what I wanted to see for that first preseason game as the, the legitimate QB one for the 49ers. What would be your best guess of how the 49ers specifically Kyle Shanahan, how he's viewed Trey's performance in practice because you've seen it we just heard kyle's comments you've been at his press conferences i know he talked about that one sunday 
was it last Sunday when Trey had a really poor uh, outing? What is your best guess of how Kyle would evaluate Trey's performance in camp uh, before before we saw what he did last night? I I think he I think he's been. I think he's up and down with it. Like, I, I, I think he's okay with it. I think everybody's, for the most part, trying to s- say the right things. I know that's something I brought up a lot. Like, I don't, I don't get the impression that anybody's been overly concerned about it. I, I think, as expected, is probably the the best way. Like, I, I think, I think they fully understood that he was gonna need some work in in certain areas. And that it was going to take time, and and he was going to make some plays where you would go, wow, this is a dynamic that that maybe we didn't have before. And there were going to be other plays where it's like, yeesh, he should be making that throw. And hopefully he's making that throw by October or November, certainly by December and January, and he'll get there. So I I think there's been an appropriate amount of, this is about what, you would have anticipated. I, I just keep coming back to the fact that the 49ers were comfortable in doing that because they believe they're so good in other areas that they can still win, even though he isn't quite at the level where he's going to be a dominant quarterback week in, week out. 888-957-9570. How about you? Trey Lance last night. He convinced you he's got a little something you weren't sure he had. You still waiting to see. You, you need to see more from Trey. As we had a caller earlier said, yeah, Jimmy would have made some of those throws. 888-957-9570. JD, I get the sense that Kyle Shanahan to this point is, let me... Don't overreact to what I'm going to say. I think they're comfortable with Trey's weaknesses in this sense. I think they recognize the need that you just spoke of uh, to improve. I think they look at Trey and say, this is a smart guy who recognizes the things he needs to recognize, including his, his, his need to improve. He's not a guy that, you know, there's some things you can't teach. And I think they feel like he sees what he needs to see. And he needs to make uh, better decisions, but he will. He's on track for that. He needs to make better throws, but he's going to work at that. Sometimes you have a quarterback who, you know, is like, he's not seeing what we need him to see. So how can he make better plays when he doesn't even see what we need him to see? I get the sense the 49ers are comfortable with that part of Trey's game. So they realize there's some growth there, but they're also very confident that he has the ability and the motivation to improve in those areas. It, yeah, the mental component is is a huge part of it, I, I think, without a doubt. And as far as the throws that, that Jimmy would have made, the throw that Jimmy wouldn't have made is the throw to Danny Gray. And and so I think that's in line with the just the taking the top off the, the opposing defense mm-hmm. and – you have to hit those plays yep. if you're not going to hit the other plays. And so the 49ers were – how many times last year, Whitey, was it 13 plays, 15 plays, 17 plays? And, and the Niners, even when they were moving it, it felt like a slog. And I think as the season went on, they, they began to use that to their advantage, that they were just going to keep coming, keep hitting – it was going to be Debo here and Elijah Mitchell there, and then here's some Kittle, and here's some more Debo, and here's a little more Debo, and then here's some Ayuka, and here's a little more Debo. Like, they, they, they tried to use, I think, a weakness and turn it into a strength, and I think Kyle Shanahan gets credit for, for their ability to do it. 
but you can't win long term in the NFL doing it that way. You have to you have to have some shorter drives. You have to hit some explosive plays uh, to to keep everything moving. So I do think the 49ers are comfortable with being less efficient but being more explosive. I agree. Uh, we were talking earlier about the 49ers running game and how the running game sets up everything else and Kyle Shanahan will have He's not the only one who does this, but a series of plays that will set up that shot. And it may be a deep shot. It may not, but it's a shot for a big you know, chunk play. And you have to be able to make those throws. And I think ultimately that's where he soured on Jimmy is where Jimmy too often was not able to make that throw, not able to complete that shot. When it's there, you have to make. Can't make it every time because we're human beings, but you have to be able to convert that consistently or else it's almost like in basketball again. Uh, where you have an open shot and the guy doesn't take it. You know, it disrupts the offense. So when you have that, obviously, when you have that open shot downfield and you've set it up and the quarterback can't deliver the ball, well, then everything starts to fall apart. So too often, I think Jimmy wasn't able to make that throw. Sometimes it was a matter of physically not being able to make that throw. Last night was an indication that Trey, physically anyway, is much better equipped to make those throws. I think he's still going to be up and down this year. I think he's going to throw this year too many interceptions. And I think this show and all the shows, you know, those days where Trey throws two or maybe three picks in a game, we're going to have a lot of people say, why did they get rid of Jimmy? I think it's all part of the growing pains because I think ultimately he's going to be, hopefully by the end of this year, and that may be, a little unrealistic, but hopefully by the end of this year, and if not this year, the next year, Jimmy, uh, well, excuse me, Trey will be better than Jimmy was at his best as a 49er. And and that's the goal. Yeah. And, and, if, and if they're able to do that, then this whole process of the last couple of years going back to yes. the end of the 2020 season will be a success. Yes. Now, does, does that mean they're winning a Super Bowl automatically? No, but they would be in line to give themselves the best chance to do so, Whitey. Mm-hmm. On the text line here, someone wants us to, uh, let's see, yeah, pardon me, it's Billy in San Francisco, pardon me, Billy, on the Comcast Business text line, 888-957-9570. Let's talk defensive depth, Billy in San Francisco. Yeah, the 49ers appear to have, one thing they have is depth in the secondary, so right now it appears that they're they're pretty well equipped to deal with some of the injuries uh, at the corner position the linebacking looks maybe even stronger than we thought but this team it's all going to start with that pass rush jd and the pass rush we didn't see the best pass rushers last night unfortunately drake jackson got hurt fingers crossed the pass rush has a chance to be withering this year it does and and nick bosa looks prepared to be on a on a completely different level than we've even seen him be to this point in in his career when you look at at 2019 or or 2021 you throw 2020 out going out uh, early with the the ACL injury Armstead comes back but it's just to me it's the depth in terms of pass rushers that they haven't had whether it's Ebukam or Omenahue or I mean Kerry Hyder Jr. who they they play outside or occasionally inside he he's like running with the threes at practice, which is like what Carrie Hyder. I mean, Carrie Hyder was was mm-hmm. maybe their best pass rusher in 2020 when when Nick Bosa went out, and now he's maybe their fourth best pass rusher, but still somebody that that can get to to the quarterback. Uh, I know they like Toure uh, as well, and so uh, I mean you. Jordan Willis is around. I mean Drake. We haven't even talked about Drake Jackson. These are all pass rushers. 
So yeah. I, I think they've got a lot of depth on the interior, but they've got more depth in terms of guys that can get to the quarterback than they've had before. Speaking of quarterbacks, I'm going to ask you a question that I asked Steve Weiss from NFL Network a couple weeks ago, and I'm not proud to tell you, J.D., but he laughed. When I asked the question, he, ha, 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 ha. Do the 49ers, given what's going on in Arizona with Kyler and you know still the fallout from his uh, study clause, and you got Stafford has tendonitis in his elbow. We know that. Even their coach there said, it's a little uncommon for a quarterback. Seattle, who knows who the quarterback is going to be. Do the 49ers have the best quarterback situation in the division right now? It's just a question. It's not a statement. It's a question. Uh, no. Short answer, no. <laughs> you going to LA Short Rams? Answer, no. Is it close? Uh, I don't think it's close at this point. And I know you're saying, hey, Stafford has is not practicing and, and has the the elbow thing that, that may be a problematic all year. Uh, the answer to that is still no. Mm-hmm. They, they still, going into the year, on paper, have the third best quarterback in the division. Third best. All right. Yeah. Uh, Kyler I, mean, Mur- I mean, I'll put him ahead of Seattle. I'm going to put him ahead of Drew Locke and Geno Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyler Murray was actually calling plays in the Cardinals' first preseason game. Friday night, the Cardinals and the Bengals, and he wasn't uh, playing, but he helped uh, help call offensive plays during the fourth quarter of the Cardinals' win over the Bengals alongside co-pass game coordinator and quarterbacks coach Cam Turner. Um, let's see. Murray was in charge for two actual series and then two kneel-down plays to close the game. And uh, eh, Kingsbury said he called a couple really nice plays. Did you hear a couple weeks ago, Kingsbury was saying that, yeah, sometimes I'll call a play and uh, Kyler's in there shaking his head. So I let him call a couple plays. So this uh, this ongoing saga of Kyler Murray and whether he understands his own offense continues. Do you think it's going to be a distraction for them this year? I I think they are borderline in shambles given <laughs> given the given the way that the, that the off season yeah. the off season is played out so i i have them right now as as not a playoff team i have the niners two in the division i know some people think the niners Ooh. are going to win the division I, I don't think it's off the table by any stretch but but i would i would put them going into the year as, as second in the division i'd put arizona third and a non-playoff third although I don't necessarily know we that we have a, a great feel for how deep the NFC is in terms of, of playoff teams. I think there could be some sleeper teams in the NFC that wind up as six or seven seeds this year. But yeah, uh, that that quote was was something. He, he referenced the body language. Yeah, and and he said, "Hey, I'll let him call a couple of plays to let him know mm-hmm. this." ish ain't easy right like okay you think you can do it then do it big boy yeah and i think that and i'm paraphrasing but i think that was exactly what he said i think you're right and why in the world would a coach say that i understand why you'd be frustrated if you're if a quarterback does that why in the world especially given everything that came out about kyler murray and the study clause and oh no people misunderstood and we're gonna take it out why in the world would you say that publicly jd it makes no sense to me pretty brutal Pretty, pretty just brutal. Dumb, right? It's just dumb. Yeah. No, that's 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 pretty brutal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every and here's the full quote. Every now and then he starts shaking his head <laughs> when I'm calling in there. I'm like, all right, big dog. <laughs> all right, big dog. Go get him. Uh huh. Uh yeah. Well, all right. Best of luck to them. 
there'll be a late season collapse again, right? But you're saying maybe maybe it won't even be a late season collapse. They won't even have the good first half they've typically been having. I can't believe you're so high on the Rams. Super Bowl hangover. Quarterback's got a bad elbow. Uh, this is a 49ers division, J.D. I just think the Rams are good enough to like, – like what's the – What's the low end for the Rams? Ten wins, like I. That's see. That's like I like you. All of those things may be right. I still think the Rams have enough to win the to win the division. I don't. I don't know that the Rams are going to win thirteen or fourteen games. I think they're in the ten or the eleven range, and I think the Niners are probably in the ten. I think the Niners ten just feels like the perfect number to me. I think they're they're better. In a lot of other areas that are non-quarterback, they may not be better at times at quarterback, but by the end of the year, better at quarterback, more explosive, which helps them win. I, I don't know. I feel like the Niners, though, I, I think I think 10 is a good number for them. I still feel like the Rams are probably 10-11. So, I mean, I could see it being close, but I, to me, you can't not favor the defending champions going into the following season. To me, you can't favor them because they're the defending champions. And I know I'm putting too much into that Super Bowl hangover, but well, maybe them- they don't win the Super Bowl, Whitey, but yeah. they can still win the division. I mm-hmm. mean, they, like they could, they could be a, a, a 10, 11 win division winner that goes and plays their first playoff game and gets beat or wins a playoff game and then loses. I mean, I, I, I don't, I, I wouldn't pick them to win the Super Bowl I gotcha. necessarily. I got gotcha. But they can win the division. From the 5-1-0, Stafford was banged up all last year. He played very similar to when he was on Detroit. His team around him was so much better. That's a fair point. And I do think there are a lot of indications that the Rams, for all of the hand-wringing, and, you know, and I've been guilty of that, whoa, he's got the bad wing, watch out. I think there are indications the Rams have dealt with it before, and they're pretty comfortable with it. I wonder, J.D., why... Uh, McVay would talk about his injury as openly as they did. And I think part of the explanation is they're really, they they don't like it, but I think they're actually pretty comfortable with it. They think he can make it through this year because he made it through last year. And I think they know that there may be a time where they have to shut him down or they may have to dial the playbook up in a, in a different way to, to get him through. I also think he's the type of, of guy that once you get to December or, or January, you know, maybe he's got to take a maybe maybe he takes a couple of weeks off at some point leading up to that, and just gets the thing shot up. And you know, if it blows, it blows, but it's going to blow at a point where I'm going to fight through it, and, and we'll make our playoff run, and then and then I'll get the you know any kind of surgery I may need. We'll we'll, we'll get it in February. Mm-hmm. Like he he is a grinder in terms of just playing through stuff. Coming up, very interesting. You know, Mike Silver back in the Bay writing for the Chronicle. Did you see what he wrote about Jimmy? Is this the reason Kyle soured on Jimmy G? That's next. Whitey Gleason, John Dickinson on 95.7 The Game. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 